0: Scott show I'm Scott Prather everyone fighting for control in the New Orleans Pelicans hierarchy and here to talk with us now uh, he's no stranger to this show I've been uh, reading his stuff since he joined the advocate slash nola.com slash pick and on the beat covering the Pels he dropped a story Wednesday that I read right when it came out and getting a lot of buzz Fired coaches, flawed rosters, frosty rapport with Zion inside David Griffin's turbulent Pelicans tenure. That is the title of the article. Christian Clark is joining the show right now. He wrote it first off. Good morning, Christian. How's life, man?
1: How are you? Hey, man, I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's, uh, I've never really published like anything like this before, written anything like this. So I was, uh. I guess curious what the reaction was going to be, so it's been no uh, yeah, cool to see, and uh, I guess interesting more than anything.
0: What 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 has the reaction been like? Is it kind of all over the map? I mean, obviously the reaction is strong. I think we can all agree on that. But what's it been like to you directly?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I think generally it's just you know, I, I feel like my job is essentially like basically you're the go between between the team and the fans, and I I, I just felt like. You know, there's there's been a lot of fans who've reached out to me and and just been like, hey man, like the the context of all this stuff didn't fully make sense before this thing, and uh, it does a little bit. And I mean, that makes me feel like pretty good because it's like, well, you're you're doing your job, you're doing what you're paid to do.
0: Yeah, no, uh, it was it was enlightening in some regards. Um, I think a lot of people came away with different things. First of all, I I missed the opening question. What's your favorite Beastie Boy song?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, so I'm not – I can't lie. I'm not, like, into the BC Boys' deep cuts. But uh, I'd probably, no sleep till Brooklyn, I think I would go with.
0: No sleep till! All right, not a bad choice. So, Christian, <laughs> the Pelicans man in charge, David Griffin, uh, when he took over, it was it, – it felt in the moment like the right fit. Certainly he said all the right things because there needed to be – a cultural change within the organization because the perception around the league, fair or not, is that it's one of the bottom feeders in the league, maybe not a franchise that's you want to go to if you have your say, and I'm talking about maybe for, for superstars or whatever, but just it, it didn't have the greatest perception. Um, and when you don't have the greatest perception, uh, whether it's true, whether it's not, it, it it's hard to pull out of that if you're not a big market franchise. And Griffin came in saying all the right things. He did have an impressive track record. And in reading your article, one thing that I took away from it from the Griff side of things was, you know, 10 years, a lot changes in 10 years, especially when you're dealing with the youth, right? When he was in Phoenix, you heard from players, personnel, staff that said, man, his ways, the way he inspired, the way he had this sort of loving environment, the way everyone felt heard, it was really, really great. Um, how you relate that or how you create that, if you don't evolve with it, if you're not relating to not just young players but staff as well and you're maybe not as open as you claim to be, it can it can kind of fall apart. I'm not suggesting the whole thing has fallen apart, but my takeaway from it was the Griff seems like he's still – trying some old records that worked maybe in his past as a, as a GM and somebody in a, in a power position that aren't really working that well right now as the president of basketball operations.
1: Yeah, I guess what I would say is, I mean, I think if you read my story, you understand there was a lot of dysfunction that, that happened in the bubble. Um, And, you know, I think there's kind of some, some fault to go around on on both sides, you know, the team side and, and the Zion side Mm -hmm. for, you know, what, what, kind of happened that that rookie year and what what's happened since. But I I think a lot of the, you know, petty stuff, it could have just been fallen by the wayside is, you know, you make some right moves that next summer you get uh, a head coach who's the right fit. I mean, you, you get players on the roster who like make sense next to Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Um, And they didn't do that. I mean, I think objectively they had a terrible off season. I mean, I mean, they undid all those moves one year later. I mean, they had to fire the head coach. They moved Steven Adams. They moved Derek Blood. So, you know, they they do have those picks. And, like, that's great. And that, that'll, that you know, allow them to keep adding to this thing. But having Zion on this roster, you're under a magnifying glass. And you kind of got to win sooner rather than later. I mean, I think that's a lot of the the, the tension right now. It's like... Like having, I think what David Griffin would prefer to do is build slowly and steadily over time, and you know I understand that in New Orleans, like you, it's hard to microwave success. But at the same time, having Zion means, hey, look, there's there's pressure to get this thing right now, and your margin for error is small. And they had a really bad off season, you know, last summer.
0: You mentioned Zion. That was the other takeaway, I think, for me and many that uh, he never has seemed to sort of buy in, and he deserves blame for showing up out of shape for, I think, getting upset at a training staff that you got hurt when you showed up out of shape, showing up out of shape to the bubble, telling the team to sort of hide what actually happened and and going along with it and, you know, just not really buying in. And he's only played, what, 90 games, I think? Um, You know, did he ever really? 85, something like that? I mean, has he ever? Has he ever really bought in? You know, you have a new coach that you haven't I mean, we we're gonna we're gonna learn more Monday. I think Media Day is gonna be as I'm I'm really interested. I'm anxious to see, you know, some of the things that are asked, some of the responses that'll be given. I'm sure it'll be it's all about winning, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But still, you know, I I I don't know. I think I just came away feeling like, man, Zion, he uh, it, it feels like maybe he wasn't Quite as mature for his age as it, early on, it was. Man, he's beyond mature for his age. He's beyond this because the, on then you're not showing up to like it's one thing if you don't show up to one sort of voluntary team thing, Christian, but when it's just one after the other after the other. You know, not meeting, you know, Vincent and Langdon and, and B.I. and Phoenix when they wanted you to sort of go on this, you know, quote, work road trip, whatever you want to call it, being in Vegas, not showing up at all to talk to your new head coach, to talk to the players. I mean, though, once you do that enough and it's not just one thing, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of red flags there. And Zion deserves, I think, a lot of – I mean, he's getting criticism for it, but I, I think it's – I don't think it's ill-advised. I think it's well-placed in this regard.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I I think the criticism is is legitimate. I mean, I think it's I think it's just hard to to just say like, hey, you uh, twenty twenty one year old kid, like you're part of the problem when he just averaged twenty seven points per game on sixty one percent shooting average, more points <laughs> in the paint than Shaquille O'Neal. Right, he's like, an incredible I'm saying, talent. I'm not saying it's he doesn't you know deserve some blame in this situation. I'm just saying. It's hard to put it on them. Mm-hmm. It has been messing up too, and I think Absolutely. you know I really do believe like both sides deserve blame here for sure. But I mean, I think if you're like saying who deserves more of the blame, um, you know, probably David Griffin and management because they just haven't put good pieces around him. They can't. They haven't got the right head coach. Hopefully Willie Green is that guy. I I really like the hire. Um, you know, I think it's got a really good chance to work. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think all all of that is fair
0: yeah i I think um I think I lean toward your line of thinking there Christian. I think ultimately Griff's the one in charge of he's the one that it's not like he was given a lot of restrictions like perhaps some GMs and others in the the Pelicans pass, whether it be Dell Dems, whether it be Jeff Bauer, what have you he he's Griff's kind of dealing with at least it seemed to be early on from Gale, you know, you do your thing i I'll, I'll stay out of your way. And whenever you have that kind of autonomy, at least early on, and you make big promises and you can't really deliver on very many of them, you deserve the most blame. But I think Zion does need to to kind of take some of the blame as well. Um, it was funny. There were some people on social that just came away. You don't even really mention Brandon Ingram, you know, uh, much in the article if at all and yet people came away from it like i guess having a deeper appreciation for him where do you, wh- why do you think that is
1: um yeah I, I i honestly don't know i mean i don't know i guess i guess i'm curious like i would just ask those people well why yeah
0: uh, yeah I, I i you know if i had to theorize i think it's just the idea that like he seems to have kind of just bought in and just wanted to ball. And and I don't know that that's completely true. I mean, he's voiced some things in the past that were maybe bothering him or he didn't like or whatever. I think it's just the day and age of like, Oh, well there's drama being created by this and it's because of this. And they, they view BI more as sort of a no drama, no nonsense. I just want to play. Um, They view him as somebody that maybe has bought in more of the two all stars. And I think that's where some of that's coming from, but you know, hell, I would say if he's a few years into that max deal and the team's still playing pretty bad and they're losing, he probably would want to get out. So, you know, it's, it's, I think it's just an in the moment type of fandom reaction, to be honest with you. That's, that's at least my take on it. I could be wrong, but I saw a good bit of that on social media Wednesday after your article dropped. Yeah,
1: to be honest, like, I don't know. I, like, I don't really have any like different takes on Brandon Ingram than I, than I did like before I started, you know, kind of the deep reporting of this piece. I mean, yeah, he's like a low key dude. And like, I think a lot of people like that. And I think I'm one of those people, like I love the, you know, kind of his low key nature, like just a crazy smooth score. Um, I mean, for a guy to be that tall and be that smooth of a score, that's, that's really, really rare. I mean, I think he definitely could have helped the situation last year by, by buying in more on defense, and that's that's the big question to me, really. It's like, you know, look, you're going into your sixth year, never been on a team that made the playoffs. I'm not saying that's you know, like I'm not saying that's entirely your fault or anything, but it's like what are some things I can do to help my team get to the playoffs? And I think the big one is, you know, play some defense.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Christian, if you want to follow Christian on Twitter, it's at C clark 3000 Pelicans beat uh, for nola.com christian your piece, uh, how long did did that piece take because i know between sort and one of that length i know it's not like something you just put together in a in, in a day or two would uh how much time did you put into that one
1: uh a lot <laughs> i mean some of it is like you know the result of conversations like you're having over many many months um but like yeah probably for like a month and a half i just like went really, really hard, um, you know, trying to report it and get it right. And just, just, I just felt like it was fair to answer the big question of like, you know, like, look, this was like, everyone was super hyped about this in, in, you know, two and a half years ago, like things have not gone well. You know, I think a lot of that is curveballs that have been out of the Pelicans control, like the Zion injury. That stinks. That's a real bummer. The pandemic that stinks. That's a real bummer. Um, but things have just objectively not gone well in the last two and a half years. How did we get to this point?
0: No, I, I thought it was good. It's not like you were, you know, an editorial picking sides here or there, just kind of sticking with facts, put it in the work. And um, it was good, and, and I think something that certainly the fan base was, uh, was appreciative of and responded to. So uh, I enjoyed it, man. And um, have you ever read The Alchemist?
1: <laughs> I, this is kind of funny. No one's asked me this yet, but, uh, yeah, I, I read the book. I checked it out from the public library and read it, uh, you know, when I was reporting this piece, just to make sure I really understood, you know, the book and all that.
0: What, what was your takeaway from it?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, um, I, you know, I, I think I enjoyed it a little bit. I mean, I think it's kind of like become this, this thing and cold up. It's like, you know, uh, people are like, like to make it a punching bag, but like I enjoyed it. And, you know, kind of the idea is, uh, you know, when you really want something all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it, it's about positivity. And like, I am a a believer in that like positivity is really, really important. So I wouldn't bash people who are positive people. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can accomplish difficult things without being positive. But it, at the same time, you know, it's just like it's it, it struck me as a little tone deaf when I heard about that. It,
0: it's, like, it's like books like that, it's fine. Or books like The Secret, which is a bestseller, the whole idea of like manifest your desires, you know, uh, state your thoughts, kind of control the universe by having positive thinking. Like it's I, – I think the message of it is fine. I, I think there are a lot of avenues you can sort of maybe go to uh, instill that, uh, but – um, anyway, I, I that was the thing I had on my notes here. Final question I got to ask Christian if he read The Alchemist. And I'm impressed. You went and read it just for this piece. So you could make sure you had the entire dynamic of it. That's good. Good and, and old school, right? Just go to the library, check it out, read it, bring it back. I love it. <laughs> thanks,
1: uh, thanks for that. I guess thanks for asking me that. That was, uh, that was a good question.
0: <laughs> good stuff. Christian Clark, guys, give him a follow on Twitter at CClark3000. Uh, Christian, um, anxious for Monday media day, especially. And I think more people are, uh, anxious and excited for it, uh, because your article. So, um, thanks again on that, man. All the best. You're always welcome on this show, my friend. And, uh, hopefully next time I get to NOLA, maybe we can hook up, I'll buy you a beer or something and, uh, we can talk about the secret or the alchemist and just try to control our own destinies with positive thinking.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate
0: it. You got it. That is Christian Clark from NOLA.com.